You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner. What's Karaba Hola? How's, How's that? I'm good. How are you, Eusebius? Good. Dude, I mean, this happens to all of us, right? And mm-hmm. not just those of us who have, like, almost clinical anxieties. I don't have clinical anxiety, but episodically I do over over time. I know you also engage mental health issues, so this is not a big deal. But, you know, every now and then, bodies are weird things, especially when you're mm-hmm. sitting in the same place for two, three yes. hours. So I've learned, like, techniques in the last year, you know, both with my therapist and because because of my yogis, so, like, breathing in and mm-hmm. out. So, Karabo, you can't see it here. She's just getting concerned because I'm, like, I'm busy touching my chest and trying to get my breathing done but part of the reason why i have the freedom to do that is not just because i tend to overshare it's also because you are so amazeballs i can afford to focus on me for the next 30 minutes <laughs> over to you oh you serious so much love you know what today is a special day yes i'm going to i'm going to hype it it is my welcome birthday. welcome welcome it is my birthday happy birthday yes so, happy birthday to you, darling. So um, I was more than happy to do my favorite thing, which is talk about books on mm. the radio. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks for the love. Yeah. Great. So um, the first one to start with. So what I'm going to do is talk about the books that we can look forward to in 2018, uh, 2019, as well as uh, looking at some some classics that I think it would be nice to revisit. Um, often I do get a bit overwhelmed. I love you, publishers. Please keep sending those books. But when you're constantly trying to keep current and up, up to date with the latest stuff, we tend to forget the classics, you know? And I think it's good to revisit the classics once in a while. But first of all, we have to talk about one of our faves, right? Yes. Ntikeng Mushlele's Illumination. Oh, my word. This guy, he has me all up in the fields, you know? <laughs> <laughs> me too. Ntikeng, Ntikeng is unstoppable, mm. you know? And, and, and he's been, I mean, his work, he's been building it up. But even momentum, you know, the, the, the rate is at which now he's starting to produce. And the quality continues to be outstanding. Right. I mean, I have just started this book and... What I love about Ntikeng is the way that he shows an appreciation for art yeah. and how art connects with our, with our emotions, how art connects with, with, with our sexuality, yeah. you know, um, how art, you know, he, so he can, he can, be, he can be very um, evocative when he talks about, you know, erotic things. Yeah. And also his characters, his characters tend to be creative people. This is not this, his first book where he writes about a musician, mm. right? Um, but, uh, but with this one, you know, again, it's about somebody, you know, who peaks. And this happens a lot with the creative people where we tend to, we, we peak and then when things start going down, you know, you unravel over a long period of time. <laughs> You're trying to recapture that essence of, you know, the, the, the times in your life when you, were, when you were at the top of your game, you know? Mm. So, um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of... I have a lot of empathy for this character. Yeah, I'm holding back because you mm. know how much I, I love him and I've declared that publicly. If I was teaching literature, I would love to teach a seminar on his books. This is number six now. Mm. Because part of what... That will also give you the space to do, which is difficult to do, even when we review books, mm. because we've got to move on to the next deadline, is really slowly and without taking the beauty of the evocative language out of it, mm. go through those recurring themes. Mm. There's embodiment that speak for him, physically living in a certain body and your identity as a person in relation to your body. Illness is big yes. in all of his novels. Yes. In this novel, and he's explored this before fleetingly but not in a big way and in a big way you you will see fame and what what fame does mm. to someone 
and aesthetics in general, you mm. know, the arts. And obviously he himself is a closeted musicologist mm. and how that comes in there. So there's almost like five to eight themes that he explores in the six works in a very philosophically rich way. And I'm hoping that someone will do it justice with a long piece of writing or a good scholarly piece even and mm. say, let's actually trace over the course of the six novels. And biographically, that also means that we are growing with him yes. philosophically yes. as his own personal intellectual growth happens yes. just because he's very engaged in his in his background research and that kind of thing. And, and just see how these things meander because... When I read this book, one thing I grappled with as a reader of his work is I couldn't quickly nap enough to decide, okay, so on illness, for example, if I had to give someone a one-minute summary, how does he now enrich his philosophical commentary on illness compared to, say, what happened in the third or the second book? Yes. You know what I mean? And I think it's just like, it's just ripe for, for that kind of interrogation. And then I also did this weird thing, and I don't know whether you feel the same about him, where with a faith... And there comes a point where you think, like, what bad things can I say? Because, like, I don't want to love someone uncritically, exactly. right? I don't want to switch off. Exactly. And I don't have anything bad to say, but I, I've, I've told him this personally, and I'm biased as an essayist. Mm. I, I do wonder whether his characters and the dialogue are as flowing as it, as it can yet be. Let's say, for example, compared to the works like someone like Nick Schlonger. It often mm. feels to me like I'm reading an essayist who, yes. has, who has yes. used the form that he's yeah. committed himself to in this book. And actually, I'd like to just say to him, forget about the character and this interesting musician. My man, can you and I just talk about illness and about death exactly. and about meaning for the yeah, next his, two hours? Yeah, his books his books are studies. They're ruminations, yeah. you know, to a large extent. So it's, it's, it's not, you know, your typical novel where it's, it's, it's completely character-driven. You know, he uses the characters to, to, to bring up certain questions. How do you and, feel about that as a reader? Okay. I feel okay about it, you know. The thing is, I'm the kind of reader I like. I like to. I, I try to read as widely as possible, mm. and um, I don't. I don't always want to be reading the same kind of thing. But okay. in Tegang, I mean, I will. I've got time for him as well. Oh, I mean, I do. You know, <laughs> if, uh, yeah. So yeah, we, we, we've said it. He's a legend. He's. I think he's a literary le legend in, in so. the making. I, I and I agree with you. You know, mm. classes need to be taught on his work. Mm. But let's move on quickly. Another beautiful thing. Now, I appreciate books as, as, as objects of art, mm. you know. And this one is called The Binding. And it is, um, it's, it's a story about uh, Emmett Farmer, who's working in the fields when a letter arrives summoning him to begin an apprenticeship. He will work for a bookbinder, a vocation that arouses fear, superstition, and prejudice, but n one neither he nor his parents can afford to refuse. He will learn to handcraft beautiful volumes, and within each he will capture something unique and extraordinary, a memory. If there's something you want to forget, he can help. If there's something you need to erase, he can assist. Your past will be stored safely in a book, and you will never remember your secret, however terrible. In a vault under his mentor's workshop, row upon row of books and memories are meticulously stored and recorded. Then one day, Emmett makes an astonishing discovery. One of them has his name on it. I'm looking forward to this because there's a bit of magic in there. You know, so it's, it's a work of magical realism. This one's by Bridget Collins, so it's an, it's, um, yeah. it's, a, it's an, it's an overseas um, book. Mm. But, I mean, I, I just, you know, w when I read, about, read up about it, I was like, no, I've got to get this one because it's also, <laughs> it's just so beautiful. And, and one thing, you know, I appreciate, I mean, a lot of people now read electronically. Mm. And my experience with my kid, uh, she reads on her phone, you know. But 
when she really loves a book, like last year she was raving about The Hate You Give. She begged for a hard copy, you know. So um, I think that, you know, that the physical book will always have a place in the world. So I'm looking forward to reading The Binding. Yeah, I, I mean, I could take a picture of it. That's not going to do it justice. Mm-mm. You write books as artifacts, and they're not even as artifacts, so that sounds crafty. Just as really objects of beauty is, mm. is something, and I love that cover. It's gorgeous. That is absolutely gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Beautiful, and then, beautiful, um, beautiful, then, beautiful. then there's some local stuff. There's uh, Called to Song, a novel by Karnita Mohammed. Um, it's from Kuela. And uh, this one's about this woman called Kabila, um, whose, um, whose mother passes away and her world starts to fall apart. She starts to dream strange songs and make lists to stay sane, you know. And when, when that starts, I mean, it, it sounds like a, a little bit OCD. So, you know, her mind is, she's battling. And at the same time, her marriage is crumbling. And it's been going, it's been, it's, it's been in, the, in the doldrums for years. Um, but the reason why she stayed married to her husband, Rashid, was because uh, she got pregnant. Even though he was in a relationship with another woman called Tandi. So now <laughs> Kabila, she wants a divorce, but her husband refuses. And he's not giving a reason why. So she tries to pick up the pieces of her life and rediscovers her own worth, finding love and purpose in new places and family and faith and in song. So there's music in this one as well. Beautiful. Called to song Karnita Muhammad. I do not know this author, so I'm mm. looking forward to discovering her, you know? Mm. Okay, let's voice. take a break. There's 16 minutes after 11 o'clock. I wonder whether any of the titles that we've mentioned so far are ones that you are familiar with. If so, tell us your takes on them. We're hanging out with Karabo Holeng. We're just having a look at what she's been reading or what's on her list and some beautiful books, not just in terms of what's inside them, but also some of them as objects of beauty. Mm-hmm. Give us a call. Also, let us know what are you reading at the moment? Uh, what has left an incredible impression on you over the last couple of months? And perhaps you haven't yet had a chance to show off uh, your holiday reading year on the show. You're most welcome to do so and recommend it to other readers as well. Remember, our reading interests differ widely. Koraba and I have overlapping interests, but we also have differences in what we pick up, which is why I love having her on the show. So we just expand our repertoire of reading. What have you been reading? Give us a call, 011-883-0702. And in Cape Town, 021-446-0567. Fraud on an enormous scale that's been uncovered in the land reform program in which government officials handed out farms and millions in grants to beneficiaries who did not qualify. It should be headline news. There's rampant corruption in the government's land reform program. So when we're told that we need to tinker with the constitution and all will be hunky-dory, bah! Play Powerball and Powerball Plus this Friday for total guaranteed jackpots of 150 million rand. Buy your tickets now at participating retailers, online channels, or the National Lottery mobile app. Panda Pusha Play. Players must be 18 years and over. Play responsibly. Explore skiing in BC this winter. Visit Whitewater Ski Resort. With more than 40 feet of snowfall annually, it's the perfect snow sports playground. Couple all that snow with award-winning food, and it's no wonder that Whitewater is listed in the Forbes Top 10 North American Ski Resorts this year. Get off the beaten path and discover Whitewater. Visit SkiWhitewater.com. Super Natural British Columbia. Buh. Is your money ready yet? 
No. How about now? Let's see. Nope. Still not. What about now? Is it ready now? Afraid not. It's still busy. And to be honest, it's going to be a while. And the reason for that is quite simple. True rewards take time. Ellen Gray, long-term investing. Ellen Gray is an authorized financial services provider. The Literature Corner. 19 minutes after 11 o'clock, Krabo Hlaeng is here with us. And we're chatting all things books and what it is that she has been immersed in. And besides the books that she physically brought with her to the studio, there are other ones that are just firing off in her brain um, and titles that I'm not even familiar with. Oil on Water. I'm busy Googling as you speak here. Yes, it's by Helon. It's, it's by Helon Habila, who is one. He is also, he's one of my absolute favorites. He's a Nigerian writer. And um, he's also a journalist. And Oil on Water is a story, uh, it's set in um, in the Delta in Nigeria, where um, there's, you know, they have they have issues with oil and, mm. and safety and they're, they're militants versus the army and the army's protecting the interests of Shell and the militants, uh, you know, are telling them, well, you know what, the oil drilling that you're doing has ruined our environment. We've lost our livelihoods, so we're going to fight back. And... Um, where the, the way that the story is set up is that there is a character by the name of Rufus who is a young journalist and he gets sent, sent, uh, sent on a story where a British uh, petrochemical engineer's wife is kidnapped for ransom, right? Because this is what the militants do in Nigeria. Mm. This happens in real life. So um, he goes, he's set on the story, but he gets to partner with one of the journalists that he used to look up to who had become incredibly famous but his star had started to wane, where, you know, his life had completely come undone. He'd succumbed to alcoholism. So, you know, also looking at that thing again, you know, we're talking about fame mm. and the results of illness and all of that. But he, 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 de he develops a bond with this journalist while they go and, you know, risk their lives trying... Because the, the story that they're chasing is of um, the kidnapped woman. So they want to actually find her and uh, get the story from the militants about, you know, what kind of ransom do you want and, and then that kind of thing. And then there's a love story also, you know, in the mix. Okay. So, yeah, it's really, it's, it's a beautiful book. Slim, but, you know, for, for, for its size, it's, it's, it's packed. Yeah, it packs the punch. Oh, Oil on Water by Helen Habila. Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. and I've seen some very good reviews of it. Seems like it's been out for a while. Yeah, I picked it up at Abantu. The Ubuntu okay. bookshop just, I, I blew money that I didn't have on so much African <laughs> literature because it's hard to find it in, in, in you know, in South Africa. So uh, hopefully EB might have it or one of the good independent bookshops. Okay, so that's Oil on Water by Helen Habila. Sounds really interesting. Here's one review describing it as a Conradian river journey in search of a kidnapped victim and covering the human cost of the oil industry, mm. plus these interwoven sub-themes that Karaba has just listed. Sounds fascinating. It's what else is there in front of you? Okay. You're a current affairs guy, and you know how to... You know, <laughs> you, you speak really articulately about the, the challenges that that face our society. So this one is called Confronting Inequalities, the South African Crisis. Mm. Uh, it's edited by Michael Nassen Smith, and it's got several thinkers who, writes, who write about it. You know, David Francis, Pali Lehotla, um, Murray Leibrand, Tulima Donzela, uh, Kaylin Massey, Andrew McGregor, Zuneid Mula, Khalima Motlante, Ben Turok, Ivan Turok, Rocco, uh, Sidzi, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his surname, and uh, Simone Scott. 
I think it's shorter. Hmm. And, um, you know, we know South Africa remains the most unequal society um, in terms of wealth. The top percentile households hold 70.9%, while the bottom 60% owns a mere 7%. And, you know, all these stats explain the continued presence of protest and unrest based on the conviction that the legacy of apartheid and colonialism in the country has not been overcome. And in this context, in this context, the Institute for African Alternatives has brought together a series of papers written by eminent South African academics and policymakers to serve as a catalyst to finally confront and resolve inequality. And I'm gifting you this one for my birthday. <laughs> I love that birthday unusual. <laughs> <laughs> birthday unusual. Okay, yeah. now I'm going to look at it. I, I think it's exceptionally hard to exaggerate the centrality or the urgency with which we need to deal with inequality. Um, you know, there are really interesting stats about how, you know, we often talk about inequality and poverty in the same sentence. Yeah. And they relate, but they're very different things. Yeah. And there are lots of good studies that, that have established something that should scare us, but doesn't scare us enough, that although poverty and inequality are equally dangerous in terms of being threats to democracy, and obviously also low economic growth, mm. that there's a particular aspect of the threat of inequality that's even worse than poverty. So when it comes to things like violent crime, yes. especially gratuitous violent exactly. crime, it turns out that there are some even more robust statistical correlations. But be that as it may, like you said, don't judge a book by its cover. You and I are not into that kind of thing. Uh -huh. And um, once you have dipped into it, maybe you can come back and tell us. Yeah, no, or definitely. Even better, six months from now, I'm going to stalk you more closely than I normally do, and I do that anyway, and see whether you've joined the 5 a.m. club. I, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> then the proof will be in your behavioral change. You, you know what the thing is? I just read a lot. Like, so five, if I'm up at 5 a.m., I'll just stay in bed and read the book until like half past six, and it's time for me to really get up and leave the house, you know? So I don't know. I'm, I'm mm. successful at reading prolifically. Mm. Well, we love <laughs> you guess. for that. We love you for that. Karabo, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for your love of books and proselytizing about them. And we look forward to having you on the show more and a more full review of some of the the promissory notes to yourself about which ones you're going to be reading the next time you come back on. We'll ask you about them. Thanks so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure, Eusebius. All the best.